Hey, listen up. Well, I've got your attention. I want to talk to you about brands, specifically the number one brand in performance workwear. Dickies knows that work is more than just what you do. It is who you are as well. You know, just like pro athletes, we talk about it all the time. Their work is judged by how they perform on the job. You're no different. This is why Dickies Flex work pants and shirts are engineered to give you superior mobility, advanced protection, and enhanced durability. And Dickies Flex is backed with Dickies Unconditional Satisfaction Guarantee, so you know that the Flex Series is made to work as hard as you do every single day. Dickies Flex, engineered to move, engineered to last. You can learn more at dickies.com. That's dickies.com. This is RPO, Rome Price Opinion. Now, here's Jim Rome and two-time Super Bowl champion, Trevor Price. All right, Trevor, so an unbelievable Sunday with that wild finish in Miami. Yeah, Chicago locking up the Rams. Dallas outlasted Philly. Pat Mahomes probably locked up the MVP. And then the Steelers go right into the tank in Oakland. Then again, we probably should have known that something like this would go down. This weekend, I mean, when Derrick Henry stiff-armed the entire city of Jacksonville en route to that 99-yard house call. Normally, I don't want to go all the way back to Thursday night, but let me do that for a second. He gashed them all night long. But Trevor, how bad did he make some pretty good players look during that run? All right, so since I'm back, I got I to start with the very beginning. Trevor Price story time. So my rookie year... We are no my yeah my rookie year. We are playing. I'm with the Broncos. We are playing the Minnesota Vikings. So Alfred Williams is a defensive end. Neil Smith is a defensive end. Keith Trailer. We have this kind of formidable Super Bowl like defense. I think it's like week 13 or something like that. So we have a defense where it's kind of like a prevent defense because somehow the Vikings wind up getting like um, two holding calls, a false start. Like five or six different bad shit things happen to the Vikings <laughs> all at the same time. Jim, it is third and 56. <laughs> third and and 56. I'm not, I will never forget this. This is not hyperbole. This is not me trying to be funny. It was third and 56. Jim, I'm standing on the sideline with my helmet unbuckled, helmet in my hand as I'm walking back to the bench. I hear a hike, and then I hear the entire stadium go dead. Whoever the goddamn running back is, they gave him the ball. He ran for 57 yards. Come on. I I swear on my life. He ran for 57 yards on third and 56. Now, that being said, I never forgot that. It has been 20-some-odd years. I've never forgotten that play. The Jacksonville Jaguars, as long as um, uh, every linebacker in the team, as long as Miles Jack and the corner – and the safety and Calais Campbell live, they will never forget Derrick Henry stiff-arming the shit out of everybody. Now, let me go back to a different point. Remember that conversation we had about natural selection and we have evolution happening in football, just like it happened in basketball, where basketball has become less about athleticism and more about skill? Yes. If you're not 250 pounds and can't run 23 miles per hour, Jim, you can't play in the NFL. We're, we're, we're watching it in front of our eyes. I, I, like, and Derrick Henry's not a good back. He does not get up to full speed quick enough. So a lot of his tackles are one-yard loss, 
one-yard gain because the man can't get an open field. The reason he was drafted that high and the reason he gets paid the kind of money he does is because at 255 pounds, he runs like a goddamn ostrich. <laughs> it's unbelievable, yeah, but once man. He, he, he got once 22 he, miles an hour. Right. I was going to say, once he gets up uh, ahead of speed and he's got that stiff arm working, you know, it's that whole point about natural selection. Trevor, I understand where the game is going, but how do you explain a guy like, I don't know, Darren Sproles? He's not that size. Now, granted, he's not entering the game right about now, but he's still effective at five foot six. Yeah. So, so that's part of it as well, right? It, he, so, what Darren Sproles can do at five foot six. Everybody needs to know how to do it. Six foot three, two hundred sixty-six. You see what I'm saying? That that's kind of what. So what Darren Sproles is his his toolbox and what he can do in open field and kind of making people miss. That's the standard. Now, if you happen to be twice his size, like Derrick Henry is, you have redefined the standard. But like Darren Sproles is the is the basement. He is the like. The, the median, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yep. this is what we expect you know how to do. So, if you can't do this, you can't play. So, Trevor, one quick thought about a, uh, a stiff arm. Like, for instance, is that just another example of a guy getting beat and that'll happen? Or is that something way more humiliating and way more demoralizing? Hey, I, I used to have a coach named George Dyer. And George Dyer, every time somebody got blocked or, like, Mike Shanahan was lobster red after we gave up 30-56, <laughs> George used to yell, Hey, the other guys get fucking paid, too. That's what it is. The other guys get paid. The other guys get paid. As embarrassing as that is, and I understand we all want to laugh at them, Derrick Henry is a professional football player, and you are going to win some, and you are going to lose some. The ones that get paid like Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald win more than they lose. That's all it is. It's embarrassing. Yes, it looks bad, but it happens all the time and people don't see it. No, that, that's why I asked that question that way. So really quickly, the Red Lobster. So you give up third and 56 or actually not. You, you said it was not hyperbole. I think that it might have been third and 36. No, 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 no. 37. It was It was third and 56. I think it was third and 37. Are you sure? I am 100% positive. Was it Leroy Horde? No, it was not. Okay, then. You're probably right, and I'm wrong. All right, that, <laughs> that said, okay, so that said, the lobster, when, you, when the defense comes off the field, how red was the lobster? Oh, my God. I, I've, I've, seen, I've seen that man angry. I've never seen that man that angry. Oh, actually, I have seen that man that angry because Corey Dillon gassed us for 285 yards when he was with the Bengals. Literally, rare for, the funny thing is our bye week was that next week. And before we had went to the game, he was like, well, guys, we're going to go ahead and play Cincinnati. I'm going to give you guys next week off. Let your buyers recover. Jim, we got to practice that Monday, and he called out every last one of us on defense in front of the team. Mm. Trevor, you suck. Keith Trailer, you suck. You can't tackle. But, and on and on and on. And then we went out and had a, a basically fist fight between offense and defense. And he was like, okay, see you guys next week. Mm. I was like, what part of the game is this? <laughs> the only the only one more furious than Mike Shanahan after Corey Dillon ran for 285 yards on you guys was Corey Dillon last week when he found out somebody was impersonating him on Twitter. And I, then he I, said, I I'll catch you. I, I heard he goes, about that. Like, what, like, what was that? <laughs> I, I don't know, but that's probably not a guy you want to get on the wrong side of, right, Corey Dillon? I wouldn't mess with him. Oh, oh no, sir. No, not, sir. not one bit. Hung out with him at the Pro Bowl. No, no, no. You don't want that problem. What was that like? You want problems. Like I said, you don't want that problem. No. You want a problem. That's not the one you want. That, <laughs> I got dude, you. Is, that dude is, you know what I mean? He, he smiled and laughed a good time. But when he 
when he turns that switch on, he is a different animal. No, he, he grows fangs. No, dude, he, he made bites. that. He made that really clear. Even online, he made that clear. He's like, "Hey, hey, man, I'm gonna catch you." And you could tell you didn't want that problem. That why would you no, do that? No, no, no. He he, he grows fangs. Okay. He bites now. Yeah, no, I got you. All right. All right, so you got the high-octane offense of the Rams, Trevor, and they never got untracked against the Bears. So here's my question. Is that just one bad night for Jared Goff and Sean McVay and the crew, or is it something bigger than that? I, I, you know, Jim, I don't know. I, I thought about this. I watched that game, and I was like, I'm, I'm like thoroughly entertained by this. First of all, I wanted Chicago to win because I think there's something to, to, to layman's terms to what Chicago's doing. Like, what in the hell is with Matt Nagy and that visor, no matter how cold it is? Does he want that bald melon of his, like, growing steam? I was like, put on a hat, man. What is going It is 22 degrees outside. What are you doing? Isn't that like sleeves? Man. Isn't that like going sleeveless in a cold game if you're a player? The coach? I don't if he goes know what the hell a, that is. But I'm like, it, it's, it's kind of like wearing hats inside. I understand you. It's cold. You put on a visor. There is no sun. It is at night. You are bald-headed. A visor doesn't work. <laughs> it's cold outside. I think so, it's okay, that aside. Yeah. That aside. I, I don't know what's wrong with the Rams in that sense. Now, first of all, I knew the cold was going to affect them. You can say what the hell you want. When you play football in Los Angeles, it affects you. When you play football in New England and you go to Miami, it affects you. Even though some of your guys are from the University of Miami and some of your guys are from Texas and whatever, whatever. It affects the way you play. The grass is different. The air is different. The, the you know the dew temp. All that. All those things affect the flight of the football. That being said, Jared Goff has stunk it up the last two weeks, and I was on the kid's side. And I don't know what has gotten into them as far as the offensive line because the the the, the blueprint to beating any quarterback is pass rush, right? But they've been the best blocking uh, offensive line in football. Besides, you know, maybe um, maybe the, the, the Colts, maybe, you know what I mean? So if they can't protect Jared Goff, that entire thing does not work, period. Hmm. It doesn't work. All right, so where does that leave Chicago then in terms of the pecking order of the NFC? You know, a couple of weeks back, we're talking about how no matter what, the Super Bowl is going to run through New Orleans, and then maybe the Rams have something to say about that, and then all of a sudden the Bears put that beat down on the Rams. So where does that leave Chicago in the pecking order of the NFC? I, if they play at home, they they will get to the NFC, NFC Championship. The problem is I don't think they're going to play at home. Now, when you go into the Dome in New Orleans, that's a problem. When you go into the Coliseum, L.A., that's going to be a problem. If you go, So, you know, the whole thing jockeying for home field advantage, you know, I, I, I used to not think that much about it because I guess I played in Baltimore and, you know, we, all, we only played New England and friggin' Pittsburgh. So it really didn't matter if it, because it, <laughs> right. because the the air was the same. So it really didn't matter, you know, if we had home field or not. It was all the same. The turf was the same. The air was the same. But when you have to go from L.A. to Chicago and you have to go on like a Thursday and you have to deal with that cold weather, it makes a hell of a difference. The problem is most of them are gonna have to go through uh, Kansas City. That that's going to be the issue. So I see, I see Chicago getting in. They're going to win the NFC North, I believe, right? Um, and when they win it, who are they going to play depends on where they are in the pecking order of the, of the playoffs. So I believe defense travels. I believe Mitch Trubisky is just there to kind of stop the ball from going the other way. Um, he is just there to be there. You know what I mean? He's, I like him. I like him as a quarterback. I like him as a person. Um, 
I don't know what their offense will be able to do. Do you, in Trevor? The you, I, I get that you like him as a quarterback. You like him as a person. Do you trust him as a player? Do you trust him on the big oh, stage? Do you trust him in the it, postseason? It, it, Jim, we are in week what? Friggin' fifteen, and I don't know. I watch a kid, and sometimes he looks great, and sometimes he looks like he's still in his rookie year. Right. So, so can can you trust him? I don't know. Like. For the first time, right, I'm watching football, and I'm like, I really don't know what I'm watching. I don't know if what I'm watching is good or awful. I don't know if it's if it's if it's it can work or it doesn't work. It doesn't work, but yet they beat the Rams. Right. You know what I mean? So what is it? I, well, if can, the answer if the answer is not yes, then the answer is probably no. Probably, I know it's probably exactly no. What you're it is it is pro it is probably no. Just because I watched the ball flutter around, but but. He can make plays with his legs, and that's going to be a that's going to be a bear in the playoffs. It's going to be a bear. All right, so then you got the Pats, Trevor. They're up five, seven seconds left. Miami's got the ball in their own thirty-one. You have to know what's coming. How the hell does a Bill Belichick coach defense give up that play in that situation to lose a key game the way they did? I still can't make sense of that. What do you think? You have a, a tight end slash robot slash bear trying to run down a running back. Right. And, and, we, and you see the flaws in his athleticism. And not even as, a, as le- athleticism. You see the flaws in his injury and the way he's put together by, with glue and tape. You, wa- you watched it. I mean, because as Kenyon Drake was running down the field, I'm like, where are the hell are the safeties, right? <laughs> and then Gronk goes in the picture. I'm like, oh, there they are. But it was the right call. It was the right call. You put him back there because he's taller than everybody else, and he jumps up, and he knows how to judge a ball in his flight. He knows how to judge a football in his air. So, therefore, Gronk knocked the ball down like like uh, McGilla Gorilla, which you are, and let's go win this game. The, yeah, the, but, the, but, the, the but Trevor, Trevor, a great play. Trevor, there was no way there was going to be a Hail Mary, though, right? Ryan Tannehill was not throwing the ball 70 yards in the air on a bum ankle with a bum wing. I mean, there was, there was not going to be a, a Hail Mary. Come on. <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, honestly, they were not well, throwing a ball up for grabs. It was going to be what it was, a lateral play, right? But that doesn't – Jim, that doesn't work. I don't give a damn. The it did. say what the hell – it did. It, and the sun shines on a dog's ass every now and then. That what, they, what they pulled off, Jim, it doesn't work in practice when we don't tackle. It just doesn't work. The lateral down the field – Throwing the thing back and forth, it doesn't work on Friday in shorts. It just does the ball no, around. No, I, I get that. It, it never, it never ever works except for Stanford and Cal back in the day. I just, I honestly though, Trevor, I don't understand why Gronk was out there. I don't even blame the guy. I mean, to stick him in the open field on roller skates and expect him to make a play on Drake, of course he had you no have, shot. You, but what was Jim, he doing Jim, out there? You have to. Do, that's what you have to do because you have to believe. They be- you have to believe that the Dolphins are going, our only chance at this to really win the game is to throw the ball as far as we can. Because the lateral, the hook and lateral play and throwing the ball around like Cal and Stanford, and all, that shit does not work. The fact that it works shocks everybody. Yeah, except, except except that some Patriot players and at least one publicly were saying we knew it was going to be a lateral. Like you've got even got some guys on the field saying we knew it was going to be a lateral. Uh, well, that I don't understand because I I would have I would have guessed they would have thrown the ball to the end zone because the, the, the no the point one percent of that play working is what coaches should take into consideration. Yeah, but did the you Trevor, did you the, hear Tannehill? I'm sorry, did you hear Tannehill's response though? When they saw when they saw right, Gronk on right. the field, they were ecstatic. Uh, yeah, but but what about the rest of them? What the other ten play defense? 
Right. They'll do 10 play defense. You know, get paid to play defense. Why is Gronk the last line of defense? Well, that's what I'm saying. That's <laughs> you know why I mean? that's it's my like, that's my point. Why like, was he? He shouldn't have been out there. All right, so what are the other guys doing? Trevor, take me through the mindset. So it's not Gronk's fault. You and I can go back and forth about whether or not he should have been out there, but what about the other ten guys? What were they doing? What were they thinking? How did that happen? So so if you watch Steven um uh Gilmore, if you watch Gilmore, he's on as you watch a play, he's on the bottom of the screen. And and your first response is Gilmore, why are you not running over to where Kenyon Drake is? Because Gilmore's thinking Kenyon Drake's going to throw the ball back across the, across the field. So at some point, they've been taught, almost like a soccer team, here's our line of defense. You four, as the ball moves forward, you four move with the ball in a line, in a direct line. I, I've seen coaches coach this, right? Because if one of us gets out of position, there is a hole in the defense. So that's why Stephen Gilmore is like shuffling and looking sideways and looking who's to his right rather than looking to the left and chasing Kenyon Drake. So the rest of them are being are are, are being are, are doing what they've been taught. The fact is, Kenyon Drake's the second fastest guy in the field, and and I don't think anybody knew that. Like mm. we knew he was fast. I didn't know he was that goddamn fast. Oh, dude, <laughs> you know what fast. I mean? He's so fast. It was dumb luck, man. All right, so if you're the Patriots, and that's one of those things, right? That'll happen, I guess. It never does happen, but it did happen. Do they just shake that off, or is that something that's different and a different kind of loss and a different kind of beat? And will that stick to them? Um, you have to shake it off. I don't think you have a. I don't think you have a choice because I remember one time, and this is not Trevor Price story time. This is just kind of an example. Uh, when I was at the Ravens, we were playing the Cincinnati Bengals, um, and the Bengals, we were tied with them like seven-seven defensive, you know, juggernaut. The two teams are. They ran a flea flicker, and scored a touchdown, and we're in the sidelines, not bickering with each other. We're bickering with the Bengals, like y'all pulled that cheap shit because you couldn't play us. You know what I mean? And they want to win the game. Up. Right. They want to win in the game on a flea flicker. So you kind of you have to laugh that off because it's like you could you could not line up mono and mono and beat us. You had to pull some friggin' Madden trickery dickery play out of the back of your goddamn playbook because nothing else works. So we could take some solace in that. So you have to move on from it. Hmm. All right, so NFC East, Dallas Cowboys have won five in a row, and never mind Des Bryant. I mean, Amari Cooper has damn near turned into Michael Irvin. What the hell is going on there? How do you explain this guy's transformation? I, I, before we explain that, I'm going to give you Trevor Price family story time. So every year for Christmas, uh, I get my wife, I get my kids um, tickets to the Redskins game. Whatever game they're playing after Christmas, we go. So the first year we did it, we went and watched them play Denver and stood on the sideline. I got to talk to John and talk to all the Denver people that still work there. Last year, they played the Giants and we sit up in a box and, you know, they get to go on the field and do the whole thing. And Odell Beckham is walking around with people's babies in his pads. I don't understand that. But anyway, the whole thing. And this year, I'm like, oh, we're going to do it again. Wait a minute. Who's playing quarterback? If the, if the tickets aren't $3.85, we're not going. I have ruined Christmas because quarterbacks getting hurt in Washington have ruined my fucking Christmas. That being said, the Cowboys are Trevor, going Trevor, Trevor, to Trevor, go- Trevor, Trevor. Can you go back? What What is Odell Beckham walking around with babies in his pads even mean? But the look at the list of the words. He's walking around on the field. He's warming up. He is picking up people's babies and walking them onto the field, taking pictures with them while the rest of the Giants are warming up. Mm. He plays. It's amazing. Let me go back. You have to watch him like before the game 
and how he plays to the crowd. Right. The man's an entertainer first before he's a football player. I'm telling you, he wants the love of the fans. And while everybody else is doing things, getting prepared, he's dancing and carrying on. Dancing and carrying on is one thing, but doing it with the fans over by the sidelines, taking pictures of people as if it's fucking training camp is amazing to me. And he walked past my son like, hey, little black kid, get out of here. I was like, okay, well, come on, son. Come over here, Eden. That kid, that guy doesn't like you. Dad still loves you. But anyway, the the wow. Cowboys, uh-huh. the Cowboys, I think are going to wind up playing. <laughs> but right, the game right before the NFC Championship, divisional game, and they're going to lose to probably the Rams. But the Cowboys look amazing with Amari Cooper. Uh, now that John Gruden's firing everybody, trading everybody, and firing the general manager and doing whatever the hell he's going to do, he better he better do something miraculous in Las Vegas. Because he just traded away a guy that makes a big ass difference. All right, Jim Rome story time. Jim Rome story time. Since you mentioned the wait. Redskins, Trevor, listen to this. Since you mentioned the Redskins, I'm looking at the games, and I don't do a lot of it, but lately I've been dabbling a little bit. I've been inspired by the run that you're on against the spread. And I'm like, I mean, look, Trevor's really smart, and Trevor played the game, but shit, if he can do it, I know I can do it. I get down, and I'm looking at the Redskins and points at home against the garbage Giants, and I'm like, I'm all about that. I'm all about that. I'll do that. I'll hit that. <laughs> Dude, they were down 40 nothing. I took the Redskins <laughs> and points, and they fell behind 40 nothing. Jim Rome story time. That's the end of that. Luckily, I got right last night when I took the Bears and the points. But are you kidding me? 40 nothing. Uh, well, have you watched them play? No. The great thing was I'm up last night, right? So the, the Sunday night game's over, and I'm still watching. So the local um, NBC station here plays the Redskins thing, and they put Jay Gruden on that stand. Oh, my Jesus, man. This poor guy. He, look, he looked like a, a equal parts desperation and and suicidal. Like he was just rubbing his head and just trying to figure out whether or not it was stuffed or pumped. He just had no fucking clue what was going on he was like I, he was like our starting guard got here two days ago right i mean i've never seen no shit like no that. i mean trevor if i felt as miserable as i felt as somebody who watched the game and got down can you imagine how miserable you'd feel if you spent oh. an entire week working 18 hours a day plus to get ready for that game only to have that happen and everybody saw it in your own house and, and look and the media here is un forgiving i mean media is bad everywhere local media is bad everywhere but they were like is your job in jeopardy and he was like he wanted to say you know goddamn well my job's in jeopardy so instead he went hey it's in jeopardy every week and i mean the, it's uncomfortable man and i watch it and i was just like is this what it's like to be a head coach like who wants this job like who wants to do this right on a every sunday basis different so guys I, I, different guys yeah. man they're wired it, differently all right, Wired so differently, man. you look at the AFC, and you've got four teams now that are in the same spot trying to get that sixth seed overall. The Steelers, let me start right there, they've lost three in a row, and the latest and greatest indignity of all, a loss to a team that seemed like it stopped trying weeks ago in the Raiders. I mean, mathematically, the Steelers are very much still alive, but spiritually, are they dead? How do they look to you? They look like a team that's trying to figure out where Le'Veon Bell is still. <laughs> <laughs> right. Without, without James Conner, um, I, I I don't understand what what Ben Roethlisberger's thinking, right? So I'm Ben Roethlisberger. I'm kind of like Superman. Nobody can tackle me. I can fling the ball anywhere I want to. But with that long flight, when you're going from coast to coast or middle of the country to the coast, and you're playing against a team that has nothing 
to lose, you have to put your foot in the gas pedal. And they just did it. When you, when you have those desperate teams and those guys are playing for their jobs and it's coming on to the last parts of the season and you know you're going to the playoffs and they're going home, but they have to put something good on tape, those are the most dangerous teams to play. The Oakland Raiders are going to look good here for the next three weeks. I'm telling you. Hmm. And they ran into a Pittsburgh Steelers team that kind of looked like they they didn't understand how, how important this was. Or they were doing the same thing they always do. Look forward to the Patriots. Yeah, I can see why they would do that because they never fare well against them. But if you're the Steelers and you're a veteran team like that and you've got Mike Tomlin, how, how could you not know what was important? How could you not know what was at stake? Or... They just looked at who they were playing, right? And they saw it was the Raiders. Yeah. Didn't they looked at who they were playing. They, looked at the schedule. They, play, they played the schedule instead of playing the game. They played the schedule. I like that. They're going to roll our ass out here with these cool helmets and these black and yellow jerseys, and the Raiders are going to roll over and die for us because they're heading to Vegas and their coach is an idiot. And that's not what they did. And, and you know, if you watch the game, the Raiders didn't play bad, but they held. They didn't play fucking great neither. Mm-hmm. I mean, the kicker fell down. I understand that. But, you know, Oakland's a tough place to play, not because of the crowd, but because of the field. And like I told you, Jim, when you go from one place to the next and the grass changes, like when you're when you're in New Orleans and you go to Tampa Bay, and I was in Tampa Bay while they were there, the grass is different. The air is different. And all those things you can't control the, Trevor, become the, a thing. the infield dirt is different from stadium to stadium. Uh, I'm right? telling you, the infield dirt is a, is a bear. When you go from Oakland to San Diego, it just changes. <laughs> All right, so what about your Ravens? Now, you got Lamar Jackson, and he's playing well at times, although I would say ball security is definitely an issue for him. Man, they had Kansas City beat. They Well, as much as you can have them beat, you're, they're never beaten until the clock says 0 but they had them beat. If you're the Ravens and you got Lamar, I mean, is there any chance to go back to Joe Flacco? Would you? No, not at all. Because Lamar Jackson is not a quarterback, and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep saying that. Right now, he's not a quarterback. Can he can he be trained to be a quarterback? Absolutely. But Jim, name me a sport where the best athlete on your team gives the ball to somebody else who's not the best athlete on your team. I don't understand why he's doing that. But at the same time, I'm flying back with. Uh, last night we left Tampa. I'm flying back with one of the Ravens um, executives. That he, I know him really well. I'm not going to say his name. But I, I said that, and he said, well, that's why he keeps keeping the ball, because he's the fastest guy in the field. That is dangerous. And I listened to D. Ford. I was, I was driving home listening to D. Ford talk about the Ravens, and he said the kind of pressure he puts you under, the kind of pressure that Lamar Jackson puts you under when you're playing defense, he said you play flat-footed, and you play like behind yourself, because if he gets going, he's not going to be caught. He said he's by far the fastest man on the field when he's on the field. Hmm. So that being said, you cannot go back to Joe Flacco and those wounded ducks he keeps throwing, even though some of them are complete. Now, the other thing is Michael Crabtree, and again, I live here, and I I talk bad about the Ravens doing their Super Bowl run, and I couldn't go outside for a little bit. But I am telling you something. They need some wide receivers. They need need the Julio Joneses of the world. Go trade for one. Find one. They can't keep trotting those guys out there right now. Michael Crabtree... Has uh, suddenly he's aged, right? He's going to catch up. So it catches up to everybody at some point. Last year he didn't look like this. This year he looked like he's aged. It's kind of like that with athletes, right? You never know. And then all of a sudden they show up one night and the guy's a shot fighter. The guy can't pull the trigger. It's almost like it happens overnight, right? It did, and it happened. It happened over a, the course of six months for him. Because last night, I mean, last year what he played, he was like, 
I, when they signed them, my daughter was like, we got Michael Crabtree. And I was like, oh, <laughs> watch out. <laughs> be, be very careful saying you got Michael Crabtree because we don't know what he is anymore. And there he is. He looks like he looks like what his what his age is. He looks 34 or whatever he is. He just doesn't look um, explosive or he can catch or he can run away from people. And th- therefore, Lamar Jackson has to double pump and then run for his life. But him running for his life is like towards the end zone. Nothing you could do about it. Trevor, let me ask you about the Browns really quickly. I mean, so they they beat Carolina, put Carolina aside. I know that they've gone into the tank. They were six and two. They're six and seven. But a nice win for the Browns. Here's my question. I mean, they're playing winning football under Greg Williams. There was a time where I thought this guy wouldn't even be in the NFL again. If you're John Dorsey, do you seriously consider whether or not to give Williams that job full time? I mean, is he a viable candidate for that job? F U C K N O. Fuck no. I'm telling you right now, don't buy into that. Just like don't buy into Joe Philbin and them playing great. Do not get that low-hanging fruit. It's a trap. Admiral Akbar, it is a trap. Do not buy it. That is Greg. That is not Greg Williams doing. It's not. It is the fact that Baker Mayfield feels better about whatever plays are being called. If you think Greg Williams is the answer to your coaching coaching problem, get ready to regress. Find yourself a proper head coach. Now, I will say this. Remember, we were talking about the whole Cliff Kingsbury thing and these young offensive minds. Well, the best offensive mind of football is Andy Reid right now, and he's on the the the, the Lorax. <laughs> you know what I mean? So maybe that's not maybe that's not the answer. But I will tell you this: if you have a young coordinator, a creative coordinator that the quarterback likes, I would get rid of Greg Williams. Find somebody that's a little more professional, a little more taskmaster, uh, uh, deals with the media better kind of like, you know, the sexy pick as a head coach. And I keep the Freddie Kitchens guy, whatever his name is, that Baker likes. I'd keep him. For sure. And just like they did in, just like they did in uh, Detroit with Jim Bob Cooter and that whole, that whole thing. I'd keep the coordinator and get a real head coach. And now, Price's Picks. Time now for Price's Picks. After 13 weeks of doing this, Trevor, you're still on the plus side of the ledger. Not easy yes, to do. You're 13, 12, and 3. But more importantly, you are 7, 2, and 2 in your last 11 games. Last week, you had to text in your picks from the road. This week, you're back. You're looking to go 2-0 and from behind the mic. Let's start with tonight's game. Vikings getting three on the road up in Seattle. Everybody knows CenturyLink is one of the toughest plays to play. Who do you have? Vikings getting the three or the Hawks giving the three? All right. So, I lo- I, first of all, I love the game. I, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be the game that caps off the weekend. But, go, we did start with that shit show of Titans-Jags. I think this is going to be the thing that, that, that kind of sends us into the rest of the week. I'm taking Minnesota in the points, and here's why. Seattle's offense, running the ball, takes a lot of time off the clock. Therefore, they don't score all that much. And I'm expecting Thanos Thielen to go off, and him um, and Kirk Cousins, I hope he plays halfway decent tonight if he just doesn't lay a goose egg, even in Seattle. I am taking Minneapolis and the points. You've got Vikings and the points. And even though this is Price's picks and I don't weigh in here, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to go Minnesota and the points myself. Yes, sir. All right. Thursday night. So either we're both right or we're both wrong. Thursday night, you've got a great, great matchup with playoff implications on the line. AFC West, Chargers at Chiefs. The Chargers are getting three and a half on the road right now. It could decide that division. Who do you like here? Chargers and the points or the Chiefs who are laying the three and a half? All right. So the Chargers have lost seven straight games to Kansas City. 
You like tennis, Jim? I love tennis. Remember Vitas Gerolitis that oh, yeah. says love nobody it. beats Vitas ten times in a row. <laughs> right. Nobody beats the Chargers eight times in a row. Give me the Chargers and the points. Wow. <laughs> Talk about that. I mean, how how hard is it to beat anybody in the NFL at, seven times look, in a row, much less a rival in division? At anything. How is it to beat anything at eight to anybody on anything eight times in a row? That it doesn't happen. Three times used to be it used to be three times. Like if you got beat by a team twice, you go into that third game saying, yeah, law of averages. Like, we're all professional football players. We're going to win this game. And a team that beat you twice was like, oh, Jesus Christ, the third time. Like, the odds say you don't beat anybody three times. The odds sure as shit say you don't beat anybody eight times. Not in this league. You know Chargers. how hard it is to get beat eight times? You know how hard it is to go 0-16 or get beat eight times in a row by somebody? That's imp- it's impossible. Now I've always said running no the way. table backwards is more impressive than running it forwards. There it is. Chargers it really and the is. points. Sure it is. Of course it is. Two road underdogs. I like it. And we all know scared money don't make money. Let's get it. That's going to do it for RPO episode 14. You want to make sure you subscribe. And these episodes will hit your listening devices automatically. And make sure you follow us both on Twitter too. I'm at Jim Rome. He's at Trevor underscore Price. Spell Price with a Y. P-R-Y-C-E. Get at us with all things RPO. Trevor, great job. Nice to have you back. And I will see you next Monday. Awesome, man.